This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a deceptively warm week. We've got shower and thunderstorm activity scheduled for tomorrow. Will we see race cars on track this weekend? Maybe. Depends on where you want to go. More on that coming up, but first, good evening, welcome in. Let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Speed Weeks at Daytona International Speedway, for me, did not disappoint. Austin Sindrick wins the Daytona 500 as a rookie, holds off teammate Ryan Blaney coming down the short stretch, and then Bubba Wallace makes a run to the inside. That was thwarted off. It would be Sindrick who crosses the line first and gets the Daytona 500 win in his eighth Cup Series start ahead of Bubba Wallace. And uh, what, what a great race, in my opinion. I thought it was very good. Rich France critical. Maybe we'll talk about that coming up. On Saturday, Austin Hill got the win in the nightcap in the Xfinity Series. He went to victory lane after a dramatic last lap crash from Myatt Snyder, who went into the catch fence on the back straightaway. He was okay, but another dramatic accident at Daytona. And Corey Heim wins the Arkham Menard Series Lucas Oil 200 Saturday afternoon. A nice start to the driver who came up just short in a championship bid last year. And then finally, on Friday, to kind of kick the weekend off, Zane Smith went to victory lane in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series to uh, get a win at Daytona. Those things and so much more happening tonight. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way post-Speed Weeks. How you doing? I'm exhausted. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> none, of, none of these, none of these, uh, I, I was trying to do the best I could to, to follow what I could. And you know what? It's just, just like here at home. None of these tracks down in Florida can track prep on time. I've, I'm, I'm 1130. I'm trying to get my story done. It is crazy. So, um, this is kind of a break for me. I'm telling you what, man, I really do want to say caps off to you and uh, Scott Menlin, but primarily you. Uh, you really carried us there through Speed Week. So uh, nice job. Appreciate you. Thank you for all your work. I, did, I, I couldn't get them all. I couldn't get them all at the same time. But, uh, you know, I, I got what I could and kind of pick, picked and choose. So I had a week's worth of dirt racing, and then I flipped over to New Smyrna for the second week. Well, let's uh, let's continue. Let's get your last dose of work in Speed, speed Week's coverage. What did you have for us last week, my man? Yeah, just a little bit of a wrap-up, Zach, on, on what my take was. Uh, Lucas Oil Dirt Late Models, and this would have been at Altec and East Bay Raceway. Brandon Shepard, Devin Moran, three wins each. Pretty cool. Devin Moran's going to be strong all season long. He showed it coming right out of the gate. Uh, World of Outlaws. Boy, they, you talk about even. Dale McDowell, Brandon Overton, Chris Madden, and Dennis Erb Jr. 
picking up four wins in four nights. Nobody could d- double up uh, over at Volusia. And then the World Series at New Smyrna, super late model. William Byron picked up two wins. Sammy Smith picked up the pro the super late model week-long championship. Uh, and in the pro late models, the gentleman who everybody was wondering who he is down at SpeedFest, well, he showed who he was at New Smyrna as well. Uh, Michael Hind, four wins, and the weekly champion for the pro late models. Which that and got that- dramatic, too, because of uh- – the crash on the front stretch there toward the end of the week. Yeah, it, there was uh, the pro late models decided that it was no problem balling up those race cars. <laughs> uh, every, you know, most nights uh, they started running out of cars late. I think uh, it's it's just so hard. You can't you can't drive like that for six or seven straight days and expect to have a whole lot of race cars left. But uh, but Michael Hine was fast. I'll tell you, out of that nasty motorsports stable. Uh, that car was real fast, and 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 he put it on him, and deserved it uh, all week long. And uh, you know, we talked about this. Uh, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Fort Wayne, uh, Indiana's Terry Fisher Jr. We stagged him up. We're going to talk to him here in just a little bit. Three wins, and won the Florida Modified Championship. And Zach, that's three second place finishes, and a third in seven events. Wow, that is pretty strong. For that gentleman. Wow. And uh, 360 Sprint Cars over at East Bay, they finished up. Max Stambaugh, Zane DeVault, Phil Gressman all made the trip down there. A tough week for those guys uh, against some really tough competition. But I got to give a shout out to Big Mad Max. Uh, brought home an 11th place finish in the A Main on Saturday night. Yeah, and you know what? He had qualified for a feature event earlier in the week, and they elected to save that car. They qualified for the race, pulled off early just to kind of save it. So, um, man, Max can wheel a sprint car, but that just tells you how tough things are down there. Uh, really made him work for it. He was running in the top ten until just the last lap or two. He was ah. uh, had a real nice run. Um, you know, he, that had to make him feel good on the last night to get out of there with that run absolutely hey let's talk sprint cars while we're talking about mad max let's talk pavement sprint cars this is a series we have been discussing since the end of last year and now we have an official 2022 series schedule graphic for the 500 sprint car tour presented by auto value bumper to bumper and no it's not the auto value bumper to bumper super sprints non-wing division but It kind of is. The 500 Sprint Car Tour is just that. It's the non-wing Sprint Car Series. And, Rich, nice little calendar that they put together here. It actually gets started earlier than I thought they would. Saturday, March 26th at Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. That's going to get hard for me to remember to say that correctly now that they've changed the name back to IRP. Uh, That'll be Saturday, March 26th to kick things off. Then, Saturday, May 28th, it's none other than the Little 500. That one, of course, going to be on the on that calendar for the 500 Sprint Car Tour. Then we pick up steam into June. Plymouth Speedway, the new Plymouth Speedway, right? New is back to old with pavement, returning to Plymouth Speedway Friday, June 10th. Then up north to Berlin Raceway on June 11th. And the month of June back at Lucas Oil IRP on Thursday, June 30th. Then a couple of dates at Anderson Speedway July 9th and 30th. Back to Berlin on Saturday, August 13th. If I had a dollar for every time I said, racing on August 13th, happy anniversary to my wife, uh, I'd have about $5 because there is a lot of key races going on on August 13th this year, uh, including 500 Sprint Car Tour at Berlin Raceway. Then Thursday, October 6th, back to Anderson Speedway, and they close out the season for 2022, Saturday, October 22nd at Lucas Oil 
IRP. Couple of pretty interesting locations and looks like could be some really good events for this tour. Do we have enough staff to cover no. August 13th in 2022? No. Not near it? Not, not unless my wife wants to uh, go ahead and work for us on her anniversary, which I'm not sure that that would be the greatest thing that Scott Menlin has ever suggested, but I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he's going to send her with you on your anniversary to work. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Send a bottle of wine, too, because I'm going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is gonna get. I mean, this is the first year we're doing this. You know, no, um, you know, kind of the wing sprint cars. All you know, must see racing is all we pretty much got to look at, right? So, uh, if you want to see wing sprint cars, look at that schedule. Non wing sprint cars, you can't beat these guys, right? Absolutely. And also, I love the non wing version of Auto Value Bumper to Bumper. I thought they put on a better show. I'll say it to your face. I thought they put on a better show than the wing cars. Yeah, and you know, sometimes can we say the same thing? I mean, we we talk about you know the the non wing sprint cars on dirt. Um, they put on a heck of a show as well. Absolutely, just because they got a wing on them and they're you know up on the cushion and, and ripping the lip every single doesn't mean it's that's the better racing. You know what I mean? I will say I saw some kick ass Great Lake Super Sprint shows last year. Though <laughs> I mean I saw some good ones. So, uh, but at any rate. Also, it, kind of in conjunction with this, really big news out of the Outlaw Super Late Model series uh, 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 schedule front this week as well. Actually, just today. Yeah, just today. Um, you know, you mentioned one of the uh, 500 Sprint Car Tour events at uh, Plymouth Motor Speedway. Well, they re- released their information today for the progressive payout for race series, the Grand Slam. Uh that's taking place in 2022. Now this is going to be for multiple classes, Zach outlaw, super late model, sportsman, street stocks, front wheel drives and Hornets. They're all going to have progressive payouts, obviously a little different uh, based on the class, but the idea is for the progressive pay is to give the drivers a bigger incentive to run all four of the grand slam events. So let's just uh, take a little example for this and kind of figure out how it would work for you. So the schedule Race number one, Saturday, June 4th, Outlaw Late Model Street Stocks and Hornets. Race number two, July 2nd, the Outlaws, Sportsman, Front Wheel Drives, and MCR Dwarf Cars. Race number three, Saturday, July 30th, the Outlaws, Front Wheel Drive, Hornets, and Engine Pro Vintage Mods. And then race number four, Saturday, September 3rd, the Outlaws, Sportsman, Street Stocks, and Hornets. Now, how the progressive pay works, let's just use the Outlaw Super Late Models for uh, an example. At the first event, Outlaw Late Model Race number one, 6,000 to win, 500 to start. That's pretty good. Race one? Race one. Wow. 6,000 to win, 500 to start. Uh, Obviously, pays down pretty good all the way through there. Race number two, if you were at race one, when you go to race number two, you're racing for $7,500 to win and $550 to start. If you didn't go to race one and you show up for race two, you are racing for 6,000 to pay for race one. Okay. All right. Now, now follow me here a little more, Zach. This is where it gets interesting. Race three. If you, if you run all three races at race three, you'll be racing for $10,000 to win $10,000 to win for outlaw super late models, 600 to start. If you if that is the only race you show up for, you are racing for six thousand dollars to win the race one money. <laughs> See where we're going with this, I, right? I'm picking it up. Race number four. 
Zach, are you sitting down? I can't believe this. If you are there for all four events, race number four, you are racing for $20,000 to win in it for an outlaw super late model, 650 to start. And do you think that's it, Zach? If you win all of the races. If you win all four races. All four races. $10,000 bonus. Oh. <laughs> if you win three of the races, $5,000 bonus. If you win two of the races, a $1,000 bonus. Wow. Do you have a calculator? Because I want to know how much money Tyler Roerick's taking home this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Brian Bergacre. I mean, or, I mean, tell me they're not going to draw some outlaw super late models for these four events. That is an amazing it. purse. Really, it is. Now, do you believe that this is enough to draw these drivers uh, to these events? Here's what we're, the only thing that worries me. By the way, if you win all four races plus the bonus, you make more on those four races than I make in a salary year at $30,000. Okay. Yep. Yep. It was something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's big. Yeah. But my, my concern is not, I think you're going to get some guys, um, you know, I mean, let's just throw some out there, right? That we would think Steve Needles, Tyler Roark, J.R. Roark, Brian Bergacre, um, there, there's just, you know, a handful. Maybe Phil and Andy Bozell are going to go down there as well. Um, these are Saturday races, so that means if they want to run Corrigan Oil like they did last year, they can do that again, you know, whatever they want to do. Where I think they might start thinning, as out, thinning out is the total car counts at the end because if, somebody, if some of these cars don't feel they can win, then why show up for an extra $150? Right. When that's let, I mean, a quarter of your tire bill. Right. So um, that's the only thing that concerns me. I think the top six, eight cars that are going to go down there uh, are going to, maybe even ten cars, uh, are all going to be capable of winning. I want to see how that spreads back through the field as it goes on. I think it may start out well. Race one, I think we're going to get a bunch of cars. We'll see how many keep coming as they get towards the end. Yeah, I think you're going to have a situation like what we've talked about on dirt. If it's $600 to start, but start pays all the way through 10th, eh, you might you might have a little hesitation there uh, to come on. I, I don't know, though. I mean, I really don't know. I think this is a great a great thing they got going down at Plymouth Speedway. Oh, it is a brilliant idea. I mean, it looks it, good on it, paper. It, it, and it is designed to draw race cars, multiple events, not just one. And um, it'll draw the fans too. I mean, you and I are excited about it, and it's a you know two and a half hour drive for both of us. Yeah, I would I would um, expect I'm going to have to play sick one day and run down there <laughs> <laughs> on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, uh, let's talk about some other things going on. You remember the the idea of sprint cars on ice? Yeah, didn't that just happen this weekend? It was supposed to, but here's the thing. Some things kind of fell through the cracks. Planning didn't quite go the way it was supposed to. So the sprint cars on ice and the Great Lakes Super Sprints have come together to do this. Uh, they are putting on an exhibition race on February 26th. So that's this upcoming Saturday. It'll still be on East Bay of Houghton Lake in uh, Prudenville. So that's where you're going. Green flag drops at 11 a.m., which means if I want to go, I have to get up at like 6 <laughs> on a Saturday. But it's an exhibition race. So there still is a plan on full fields and a schedule. 
that will run for points and crown a champion in 2023. I think this is a great thing. I think that it's great for them to take another year, put on a, so they had that open house a couple of weeks ago. Now they're going to put on an exhibition race. I think this is a fantastic idea for Nick Barry, who's with Sprints on Ice, and Barry Marlowe with the Great Lakes Super Sprints to kind of take some feedback, try to put something on before you get too official, and they're going to do that this Saturday, February 26th. Again, green flag at 11. It is free to attend unless you would like to make your insurance agent sweat and want to park on the ice. That is a $5 parking pass. I will be walking from wherever I park. (laughs) If it makes you feel any better, Zach, um, I will be up before you will. Okay. On Saturday morning. Okay. It doesn't make me feel any better, but okay. (laughs) <laughs> because because I'll be heading 1,100 miles the other way ah, at that, 4 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. That really doesn't make me happy at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, love to see you there Saturday. I don't know for sure that I'm going. I, I hope to be able to go, but it's an exhibition race on Houghton Lake, and that, that's going to be pretty cool. And uh, I know there's a couple of guys that have cars ready that are going to go down there. So, um, looking forward to that. Should be a lot of fun this weekend. Time for our first interview tonight, and there is going to be a theme of our interviews this evening, Rich. Uh, it's it's post-Daytona Speed Weeks, which means it's also post-everything else in Florida Speed Weeks. And tonight, we're going to dive into the uh, World Series of things. Let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, Zach, this gentleman made his first trip down to the World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing uh, at New Smyrna last week. Uh, had a pretty good week. We'll get into all that. Makes his home in Wayland, Michigan. Um if you're used to seeing this gentleman, you've probably seen him at Corrigan Oil, Springport, and Kalamazoo on a regular basis. Dylan Stovall, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Thank you guys for having me. Good. Um, first of all, before we get into everything that happened last week, um, talk about the decision for you guys to go down there. Um, It was kind of, I wouldn't say it was a last-minute deal, but it definitely wasn't planned the way it should have been, like in months or, or a year in advance. But uh, – we had planned to get a new a new Van Dorn car, which we did, and Butch from Van Dorn and all the other guys, Sonny and all them, gave uh, the advice of us really going down there to to just go down there and learn a lot, learn about running a crate motor and how it's such a big momentum track, and that's just that's why we did, decided to go to learn and get get our teeth sunken in the, sunk into to some new stuff we haven't before, so. Have you um ha- have you watched the World Series with the Pro Late Models at New Smyrna before? No, I actually um probably about three three to two weeks before we even headed down there, I got on the track and seen it for the first time on iRacing and ran some laps and started doing my research only probably two or three weeks before we went, just seeing how the track was and seeing images from it on youtube and stuff never really saw it before watched the speed weeks before now 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 rich is an eye racing i won't call him a hater hater but he's an eye racing doubter and on the flip side of the coin i I enjoy eye racing myself uh in the off season how was that did do you feel that that helped you uh be prepared because i've never seen new Smyrna in person but i have seen it on the on the simulator um my take on eye racing um I think I think it's definitely helping the youth in a way of what to do and what situation and kind of a racetrack kind of gets gets your reaction times up or learns how close to get to a car just in the vision of it thing. I uh, I know it helps people a lot when it comes to learning how to drive and lifting points on the racetrack. I, it it definitely helped give me a 
uh, a vision of what it is in the car seat and what it's and what it's going to look like, not necessarily what it's going to feel like and how how rough the track is in that sense. But it definitely gave me some some one pointers of where where just like my line kind so, of so some visual yeah that's what i was gonna say some visual points uh you know where to run on the track where to lift and stuff like that and really what the track looks like yeah. right for sure now zach took that a little different than where i was going with that because if you would have watched the pro late models the last two years down at new smyrna you'd have never thought to take a brand new van doren car <laughs> down there <laughs> right right oh no i've uh yeah I, I, I kind of got that experience too, not in a bad way or anything, but it's, de- it's definitely ra- racing locally and stuff around here. It's more of when you're in the middle of the pack and when you're in the back of the pack, you got to stay on your toes. And it, it almost seems like the whole week where, while we were down there, it's once you kind of get in that top 10, top, top five range, that's, that's when you kind of got to get on your toes. That's when everybody starts leaning on each other and all that kind of stuff. And I've noticed Dylan at new Smyrna specifically, um, I, you know, I've been there. Uh, multiple times and it, with the pro late models the size of that racetrack you just can't get them apart they run so close together and when something right. happens uh when something happens it's not one or two um there's three or four going with them for sure for sure yeah i uh i uh i got into one little incident but we we kind of got lucky but yeah it's definitely definitely a, a momentum track there and the crates run so close in the pro lakes division. I feel like everybody's, everybody's trying to use each other up for that momentum. Cause as soon as you let somebody buy and roll, they're pretty much, they're pretty much gone. If they have a better car or if they have a better car and you're, and you're in front of them and you know, they have a better car, you kind of, the only chance you really get, get to stay with them is if you lean on them. Cause once they go by, there's no really getting back to them unless like you, like a lot of it happened, stuff got stacked up and there was a lot of restarts for a lot of different opportunities. Well, that's what I was going to ask too. You know, I saw your post about you know having a pretty clean speed weeks with a couple of top tens and uh, smattering of top fives, and and that was the first thing I thought is some of the drivers I know that were down there. Man, every other night they were you know spending all night fixing the car uh, because they got tore up from one issue or another. Um, it it just seems like kind of Rich alluded to that you're really you know you're playing the craps table there as to whether or not you're going to get to put that car back in the box in one piece and uh you you seemed really happy to be able to do that and show some good performance down there right yeah we uh thankfully we had a, a really good spotter in our hands andy he's he's uh traveled all the around all the all the tracks and uh has spotted for a lot of people and been to, i think 10 or 11 uh speed week so he he kind of knows what's going on and kept kept my nose clean a lot through a lot of it and fortunately we got lucky and even though we even got into one little incident nothing really happened to the car so we're we're thankful for that and uh, it made our uh, made our week a lot less stressful than a lot of others other people that i know they went through and had to deal with now we know the type of competition that you run with on a weekly basis up here whether it's at corrigan oil or springport or kalamazoo talk about the competition down there because you don't get a break Right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that was one thing why we went, we wanted to go down there to see how the competition was. And also just for me as a driver, cause like running down here locally, like running the same guys week to week, you know, you know what they're going to do after a long run or how, how they're going to run a restart or what line they're going to choose and all that kind of stuff. You kind of study drivers when, once you get used to it and racing with them for so long. So 
going down there. Definitely, uh, definitely some different competition. I'm always used to being like the, the younger of the, the kids racing locally around here. And it felt like I was almost in that mid range racing with some, with the younger kids. I looked at kids down here that I, that I felt like people would look at me locally and stuff. So it was, it was, it was fun. I mean, there's, like I said, the everybody that's running around, running up front is kind of that younger age group and they're, they're all very competitive and, uh, they'll, uh, use their car up when they need to, I, I guess I should say, but that's, that's how I felt towards it. Anything that you were able to take from, from your, <clears throat> uh, you know, limited career up here in late model racing and apply down there. I mean, some of the names that were down there racing, you know, are, are, uh, you know, names that run at Nashville or run at Winchester or run at some of these, uh, bigger, you know, racetracks on a regular basis. Um, you know, we, we don't have a lot of tracks in this region that, mirror new Smyrna in really any way but uh was there anything right. fr from up here other than just basic driving but anything from up here you were able to take down there and, and, and really apply um I felt like I was so I've never running locally up here never really uh using a spotter besides like Berlin and stuff so that uh being able to just like always I've always been having to like look ahead and all that kind of stuff I felt like I had advantage to and uh, I don't really think I really had like much, I don't know. It was just a totally different racetrack. I kind of came into everything blind. The only place I could really compare it to in a way is Springport and the straightaways. But um, like I said, just being able to look ahead and always have that in the back of my head that I have a spotter, but always knowing to look ahead and stuff, I think really helped me in some of the incidents where we were uh, able to avoid wrecks and all that kind of stuff. But I, I learned so much down there, so much knowledge that I learned there that I never, never would have the chance to learn, learn back at home. Like we had to put it, we put a Jericho in three speed. So shifting on restarts was totally different than I'm ever used to. Cause we always run a Burt, but yeah, I definitely learned. I learned a lot more just cause it was running with other people and different kind of setup in the car and different track. I learned a lot more than I, uh, than I anticipated that I was going to, I should say. Talk to me about the racetrack itself and the changes it made throughout the week. It looked to me like I think that was one of the first years in a long time that the World Series didn't lose a race to weather, which means it wasn't washing rubber off the track. And it looked like it was it, near the end. It looked like the rubber was gathering at the bottom and really kind of made it a second groove racetrack. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we had a few rain instances that definitely uh, washed the water away, but it the uh, I was never I was never used to being on the same racetrack as those tour mods and all them big tire cars. So once once the track started gripping up and all that kind of stuff, kind of funny. I was went over to Butch from Van Doren. I'm like, why why are my tires squealing? They shouldn't. I feel like they shouldn't be squealing this much. And he told me you're you're on a lot of rubber now. So I, it was something I wasn't used to. But yeah, it was definitely different. And the the track. I've never been used to a track changing so much or adapting. It felt like because, you know, we're locally, we're only running a one night show, but when you're down there for seven days, track really grips up. And like you said, the second group kicked in a lot. My car was, my car, I felt like my car was a lot better on the top side during racing and I couldn't get away from being so tight on the bottom just because there was so much stuff that down there. And 
we had to deal with the night with water seeping seeping up from the racetrack, so we always had to keep an eye out for that one night. But fill in a couple yeah, of fill, fill in a couple of gaps for me here as far as your race team and what you do. Uh, so obviously Dylan Stovall's who we're talking to, but when you try to find a racing page, you don't find anything for Dylan Stovall racing necessarily, but you do find Hutcherson Hutcherson Racing. Uh, what's the connection there? Connect the dots. Okay, so uh, when I first started racing, it was just me and my dad. We had we had got our sponsorships that we got. We still have a few of them to this day. I'll get to that. But um, yeah, we uh, me and my dad kind of just raced our own kind of deal for a long time. And thank, thank thanks to the help of Kenny Head, I can't forget him. If if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even be uh started in this and even to where we're at to this day but we uh we raced for a long time and about a year and a half ago we got into a really bad wreck in our FLF car and uh me and my dad were pretty uh pretty had our heads up on that that we were done for a while and we couldn't afford it and it was going to be a while till we were back and Nick Hutcherson had sponsored Kenny Head already before that before this had even happened and when it happened uh Nick had, uh, he found out that we were going to be done for a while and came to our house with a check and told us to go buy this <laughs> race car and we're going to race for him. Wow. So that's, that's where the Hutchinson racing came. And that's, that's the page we, that's the page we use now. And it's, it's been a blessing. We thought we were done for a little bit and me and my dad had a dream and goals. We were on the film. We were getting there. We were winning races and we took that track championship at Galesburg, my second year of racing. And then it, it just, it was a money sport and we, we tried to keep on top of it as much as we could. And then Nick, Nick, like I said, Nick came over with a blessing and bought us a car and it's been, the dreams have been climbing ever since and goals have been getting, being reached and more, more goals have, have been set. So you don't really say, nah, when somebody knocks on the front door with a check and says to go buy a race car. Uh, and so, as you mentioned, right. you guys have been uh, exploring, you know, uh, in the past, past couple of years. As a matter of fact, uh, my first introduction to you came uh, when you ventured over to, I believe it was Berlin, uh, and decided to, uh, and again, memory's a little fa- fuzzy here, but I think you made a, an attempt to start the Money in the Bank race last year is when I was introduced to you. And uh, if I remember correctly, that weekend wasn't all bad for you. No, it wasn't. It wasn't so bad. So, I it's kind of a fuzz to me too because the the very first time we went to Berlin, uh, we were actually heading there one night, and we were going to qualify. And uh, we we're like I said, we we've never been to the track before at this point, and looking at rules and on, legit on the way down there to the racetrack. And <laughs> so we, wait a minute, you're you're loaded up. You got the truck and trailer packed. You're on the road to Berlin, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and somebody says. Hey, maybe we should make sure they're going to let us race. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's how we're we're so hungry for races. It was because uh, I think I think Springport canceled that day, and just that's how it's always been. Racetrack cancels. All right, let's get on and see where else we can go. Because racetrack and winning races, I I, I feel, we've always felt like we're late to the party with my age, and you see how everybody, all these kids are getting in an NASCAR so young and everything. So we've been so race car hungry and wanting to hit every racetrack we can. So. We decided to go to Berlin, and we're on our way down there. And I think I think it was their left side percentage rule was I think it's fifty seven and or it's fifty eight, and we can run sixty up here locally. And we we just couldn't do that at the racetrack. We would be nowhere competitive. So I think we came back home and did a, didn't even qualify. Went there and got uh, Bursley. I think let me practice one round just because I've never been there before. Then we started the race, and then I think three and four they had a bad wreck, and I checked up, and the boys behind me 
uh, didn't have enough time to check up either. And we got caused in one there. And then, and then I think the money in the bank last year we ran, we had an alternator wire issue, just like just little things that we've, we've needed to learn. We dropped that crate motor in there. We dropped it in so quick and didn't go over things like we should, but now we're, now we're on top of things. And I think too, uh, just kind of looking through here, um, maybe some stuff at Anderson too, or I mean, did you, I'm trying to figure out where I know I've seen this 24 car at some CRA <laughs> stuff as you guys are venturing out a little bit. Yeah, we, we had Anderson last year for, for one of their races. I think it was a hundred lapper if I'm wrong, I'm not sure, but yeah, we, we hit that. I think we qualified in, in the top 10. I'm not sure exactly where we qualified, but we ended up finishing third. So that was fun. We've been there once once or twice before with our FLF car, but never with our Van Dorn. We got our best finish this year with the Van Dorn. We took third, so that was really fun. I loved that racetrack. What's it been like for you? Uh, and I guess I kind of want you to elaborate. You talk about getting started late. Um, you know, you had a home at the Little Kalamazoo Speedway for, for a pretty good part of your early racing career. Is that right? And then just over the last couple of yep. years, you've made the switch into big cars. Yeah, so I started in quarter midgets, I believe, when I was 14 or 15 it was right before I got my license. So 15 and we raced those for two or three years. And, uh, and then it was just, we ended up buying a, we bought Eric McLaughlin's old late model and just jumped right into the late model and said, here we go. So we, we started there and raced that. And then, yeah, it's just been, uh, how do I explain this? I don't know. We were, we were, we're always, we're always chasing things just cause, I don't have no history when it came to like family members being in racing, I guess. I had one family member, Justin Regnerist, race at Berlin a lot. And I would go there as a kid, just watching him as a family member. But we never would have thought until uh, I turned 15 and Justin's kids were getting into quarter midgets and they said they had an extra large one. It was actually one of Cody Coughlin's old Jegs quarter midgets. And I was tall as a kid and they said it would fit me. So that's where it started. By the way, because it was going to bother me, <clears throat> Battle at Berlin 150 is where I saw him. Not Money in the Bank, Battle at Berlin 150, okay. and yeah, you uh, had that electrical issue, and uh, you only got 43 laps in. But we don't need to talk about that, because, you know, you, 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 made, the, you, you made an attempt. Rich, I know you got something lined right. up. Yeah, so so Dylan, you, you come back after, you know, a week's worth of race, and obviously you guys got to go through that car front to back now. Um once you do that, what are your what are your what's your what's your plans for this team in that race car? As soon as we can get rid of the snow. Yeah, yeah. Snow needs to go bye bye, especially coming back home from Florida. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we uh we have a new car on the way, and uh, we're gonna plan on running a full full season at Berlin because we feel like that's uh that's where we need to be. It's where everybody says the monster is, and it's the hardest track to run a line there and be competitive there. So we definitely want to see what we can do at Berlin. So we're going to run a full season at Berlin and we're going to tour some Jegs races and stuff. And we're going to keep our other car for local when we can and just, just race, race, race and stay competitive and continue to try and get our name out there and see where we can go with it. Somebody in their early twenties, you know, it is, it is, you know, probably, especially for you, Rich, funny to look at somebody who's, you know, just, are you even old enough to enjoy a beer after the races yet, Dylan? Yes, I am 21, but okay. it's normally, normally Pedialyte after the race. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, at 21 years old, it's just it's a product of our sport right now to feel like you're behind. So 
You moved to Berlin, obviously NASCAR-sanctioned racetrack. they got a really good program over there for late model racing. Got a couple of big events this year. A lot of uh, CRA races in our region this year as well. Um, what's the goal? I mean, do you guys have a map laid out right now that you want to try to do, either you know, with you and your dad, if that ends up being, or to try to take uh, Hutchinson Racing as far as you can? Um, I mean, Hutchinson's always going to be with me. They, uh, they supported me so much, and I have no reason not to carry them no matter where I go. And uh, I think the goal is just, especially this year, just like when we went to Speed Weeks, is just every time we hit the track, we just improve improve on, on the car and me as a driver and, and our and our small crew that we have right now as a team, but just to, just to make improvements as we go. And when it starts winning, when, when the wins start to come and to, and to make them uh, as c- consistent as we can. Dylan, you started to allude to it before, but we'll give you a chance now. Um, obviously, if you're putting two race cars on the track, uh, there's people that help you. Uh, kind of put it out there now. Who all helps you on that 24 machine? Um, so just to start off with uh, just like family and stuff and crew-wise, but like when we went down to New Smyrna, we had we had Scott and Nate Coster's, uh, a kid that has a dream just like I do of getting into racing one day, and they're, they're very intelligent and smart and Robert Long came down there with us and uh, just want to throw them guys out there because Speed Weeks wouldn't have been anything without those guys. I know the sponsors and all that are are where everything's at to get us there, but the guys the guys that I just listed made it made it possible with the hands on stuff and everything. But um, we have Hutchison Construction, of course. Nick Hutchison, I I can't thank them enough. We wouldn't be anywhere at all if it wasn't for that guy and the people in his office and the people on the field working to make, make the money they do. But then also I got maximum ag. That's my, that's my grandpa. He's always been there. He's been, been there since the, he's been the first sticker on the car since I hit the racetrack and uh, always, always will love him. But we got Van Am cruising, uh, um, James Hardy, Vandar racing developments, AutoZone, um, going to go motors, uh, Beaver Creek tile. That's my dad. Shout out my dad. Love my dad. Um, HD5, they help sticker the car and letter it, make it look as good as it always does. And uh, uh, TimberTech, that's who else I forgot. Well, uh, but, you know, so with a full season at Berlin, is that the next race on the schedule, or do you have something else coming up that we uh, might see you before the Berlin schedule sets in? Berlin schedule where it's at. I think we're six weeks out, I believe, but that'll be our first race back. All right, man. Well, hey, congratulations on a nice run down there at uh, New Smyrna. Great week for you, right? I mean, a couple of top tens, a couple of top fives, and a clean race car, a clean bill of health as you come back up here. That's uh, that's as good as a win, I think, especially for the first trip down there. Right, absolutely. Yeah, we uh, we improved every night, and I couldn't thank my guys enough, and it was, uh, it was very fun. That's Dylan Stovall. Look for him at uh, Berlin Raceway here in 2022 and maybe a handful of Jegs races as well throughout the season. Dylan, appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hey, thank you, guys. You guys take care now. Well, I want to say thanks to Dylan for joining us on the program tonight. That's pretty cool. A young man who uh, we're going to get a chance to watch here uh, around these parts for a better part of this season, it sounds like, and uh, looking forward to seeing how he does. Rich, now it's time to get into uh, really one of our favorite programs that we have here What's it been, man? Eight months or so? We're, we got to be nearing in on a year of doing this, aren't we? Yeah. Well, I think I think Gary figured out uh, quiz eleven. Is it? Am I right, Gary? That is correct. This is quiz number eleven. Well, so that it, means eleven months, if right? Once a month. Yes, that would say we're pretty close. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's time for Gary. Did you know Gary Lindall, uh, Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer? Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome in. 
Oh, it's uh, always a pleasure to be with you guys. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad people are having fun with the uh, quiz, too. Gary, before we get going, I know everybody on social media was worried about you. Um, you know, you, you were feeling a little bit under the weather last week. Make everybody feel better. Tell them how you're doing. Well, actually, I'm doing a little bit better after a uh, uh, blood transfusion and five days in the hospital. Uh, uh, you know, they're following things. I had more blood work done this morning, but uh, the dizziness and the uh, lethargic uh, way I was, you know, checking the hemoglobin, but uh, so far doing better, but still resting, but I'm doing better. So. Well, that's that's great. I know every, there was a lot of people out there that were uh, wishing you had had their prayers for you, and uh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad it worked out and you're feeling better. Well, I'm st- I'm still digging. I still got a road to travel, you know. But uh, but now we're following uh, following things up with the doctors and everything like that. So, all right, cool. Well, hey, all good. Let Let's go on. Let's get Let's get going with quiz number eleven. Uh, and Gary for the month of uh, February. Question number okay, one. Okay, and uh, question number one. It's funny you were saying things about the. It's a doozy. Yeah, Let's so just we're say a little bit older. it's a doozy. <laughs> yes, it is. And number one is he was the man who built some famous hills. Do we even do we give no. him some sort of hint, Rich? I mean, my goodness, this it's one's not, it's not ski hills, right? It's not ski hills, although although you really could uh, get a sled moving this, down these hills. You're a young guy. I will give you this. You know what? What? Uh, what do they race on that would be thirty-three degrees or? Thirty-two degrees, thirty-one degrees. Or... That would be a hill. That would be a hill. All right, there, that's a nice hint. That's a nice now hint. Now are you stepping up a little bit and I, getting it? I think I'm in the batter's box, Gary. I think so. Okay, at least you're in the batter's <laughs> box. I didn't mean to throw the high hard one at you, but. <laughs> All right. How about question two? Okay, question number two. Who would you can? Who would be considered the most famous? Ten pins driver. This is not a bowling question. Oh, it's oh. not a bowling question. <laughs> All right, I'm back in. <laughs> no, no, it's not a bowling question. All but right, I, I, but I, but I'm sure it was probably a famous number, and there have been a few, but this guy was the most famous one. I wouldn't have got this one. I'm still waiting for the one that I would have gotten. So I, w- I would have been one for four this week after previewing these. Gary, let's go to question number three. Okay, question number three is uh, who was known as the old race master? Somebody's going to get that one, I think. I would think so. I would totally think so. They would because, uh, well, he was around for a long time and, you know, but uh, I, I would think somebody would get that one. Now, this is, this next one, Gary, is the one that I think I would have gotten. I would have had to think about it for a minute, yep. and then it, then it would have came to me. But go ahead, sure. question number four. And we got question number four. Most late model fans know of Art Summers. Who was his brother who raced? Hmm. How about that, Zach? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm Zach's zero for four. I am zero for four. <laughs> now I did. I did though have to do some research when I saw these because uh, I, I did recognize the summer's name uh, that is obviously uh, still in in late model racing right now. And I, I think that is it. Gabe that's still doing some racing around the country. I think so. So uh, I had to look at that one a little bit. I don't know if they're related, but. I had to do some research. Uh, no, I think these are the guys that are from uh, up north there. Okay, very good. Hey, Gary, we appreciate so. that. Thank you so much for uh, for the Gary Did You Know. Uh, and, uh, of course, look for our Gary Did You Know's graphic on our Facebook page this week. Get all the questions right. Answer them all correctly on the Facebook page, and uh, you could win some sort of rich France prize pack. I don't know if it's going to be, like, old race car parts or if it's going to be a sweaty sock. I don't know. What? Rich is handling that. Well I, well, I will tell you, after, you know, we were, Gary was kind of filling his oats and got upset when when we had almost every question answered last month. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of made sure that wasn't going to happen two months in a row. <laughs> that, there you go. That he did. Gary, hey, uh, glad you're feeling better, my man. Thank you so much for making time for us, and uh, go get them this week, all right? Not a problem. Talk to you guys later. I'll be all in right. touch, Rich. All right, Gary. We'll see you. Thanks. Let's keep that World Series theme going for tonight's show. Let's dive back in. Now it's time for interview number two. And uh, this driver, not necessarily from the state of Michigan, Rich. He's uh, one of our Hoosier friends to the south, but he had a really good weekend down at New Smyrna. Let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, really good would be an understatement, Zach. Uh, you know, he also made his first trip down there and um, and really, you know, put on a really, really strong showing for us up here in the Midwest. Uh you know, normally we see him in the Midwest Modifieds Tour or we're Champion Racing Association. Makes his home in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Terry Fisher, Jr., welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thank you for having me. Man, Terry, I caught almost every night. I think I missed one night. But uh, talk to me about not just the wins, but with the, with the talent that's down there and you walk out of that place with a championship. That's got to feel pretty cool. No, I, I mean, I, I don't even know if it's set in right now, but it's just unbelievable i mean watching travis eddie go down you know past couple of years and you know you know travis is strong up in michigan you know to start with any track he goes to and i mean it's just unbelievable the response we got you know you know we just went down there with clear head and just try to finish races and i mean we unloaded decent but you know i felt the car wasn't that strong until we got that first night in and you know finishing second that first night and you know not knocking on second, first night, we unloaded, you know, starting seventh, didn't qualify the greatest. And, you know, it just, it all started falling in place. And, you know, then we, you know, figured out that we were really contend for the wind. That first night, you know, we just got aggressive and just, you know, try to win every night and just stay consistent. When I look at the line, uh, you know, in other sports, everybody talks about box scores. You look at basketball, we're looking at rebounds and points and free throw percentages. You look at hits and, and runs earned in baseball. You look at this line for you, seven starts, seven top fives, three wins in one of the most grueling weeks that you can put together in auto racing. Uh, just, and again, as you said, it hasn't set in yet. And then you look, standings, P1. It's already updated on the thethirdturn.com uh, that, you know, you're a World Series champion. And, I mean, what an impressive line for you, not only to be able to start and finish all seven races, but, man, you're in contention to win every single night. I mean, just 
you know, we were talking with Dylan Stovall about attrition down at that race, down at the World Series. I mean, you could be caught up in somebody else's mistake any single night. You're able to finish every race inside the top five. That's very impressive. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, I think, you know, down there, your mindset, you're just trying to finish races and, and just survive. I mean, it's kind of, I'd almost put it like you're racing the track at first, but then, you know, at the same time, it, it seems like position is key on the track. You know, if you kind of start up front, it feels like, you know, that is big down there. And that first night, you know, we almost got caught up in that first wreck, you know, lap one. And, you know, luckily we avoided that. But it just seemed like, you know, once we got the ball rolling, it, it just, it, I mean, it's a, it's a different track. I mean, hard on brakes. I mean, I, I learned a lot. I mean, I was just trying to adapt to the track, never seen it before. But, you know, I felt like my crew guys, we all adapted, put our heads together and, you know, got the car where we needed it. And, you know, I, I felt like the last night is pretty much when – our strongest, you know, the car was probably the best the last night I felt. Terry, Charlie Crawl, who was one of the announcers working down there uh, for the World Series, is a friend of mine. And and he kept alluding to that he had talked to you and you said, man, we're out motored down here. We just, you know, we just got to get our car handling real well. I, I did notice that most of the events, the, if those guys with the big motor, Wayne Parker, Tank Tucker, if they didn't have those cars hooked up, uh, you were just as good as this and good as strong as they were. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, not seeing the track before, you know, you know, we thought we just come from Winchester, you know, we thought we brought enough horsepower, but you know, them guys that run down there weekly, I mean, they just, I mean, they, they got some hogs in the motor and, <laughs> but I, I, I felt like that, you know, we brought a motor strong enough, but it seems like we kind of lost, set up like night four i mean it just seems like we started going backwards and we actually you know went through the car again and went scaled it put our heads together and you know we've actually found some stuff that you know we were missing you know the whole time but you know trying to run against wayne parker and jerry simons you know just the stats they have down in the world series alone you know and their weekly track you know it's hard to go up against you know your best competition you know seven nights in a row being the new guy you know, one thing that Dylan talked about as a prolate model driver that I thought was interesting, we didn't even prompt him, he just brought it up, is uh, how many different tires were on that racetrack throughout the week. And Rich asked about weather. The track never got green because the weather was actually nice this year. Uh, did that play? A, did that throw a monkey wrench at all for you and that modified as far as the amount of rubber that was on the track or the type of rubber or anything like that? Did that contribute to night four becoming an issue? Uh, actually, actually, I do. Because, you know, night four, you know, we were fast, but, you know, it, it just, it felt like we kept on chasing the track. But, I mean, we kind of kept up with it till night four. And then once we had our, you know, Archer was down there on Tuesday, that was our first night off. Well, then, you know, the, the next day we came in and our car just completely changed. And it just, it just we didn't want to change it too much, but, you know, we should have changed and just tried something different. And then, you know, the wheel and modified, you know, their, their series, their tires are really soft and it seems like the track is rubbered up. You know, I even changed my lines. I'd say after night four, like one and two, I'd run high the first four nights. And then actually I put it on the, the very bottom and it felt like that's where the best grip was. It's kind of out of the groove. Take me inside the crew chief's hat a little bit, or maybe it's inside the driver's hat too. Uh, for, for our fans that are listening and, and going, okay, but, explain this to me i thought from what i hear on television and everything all the time that a rubbered up racetrack is a good grippy racetrack it's a fast racetrack why was why was this making it a struggle for you in that race car with with all the extra rubber on it it just it is it seemed like the track 
like it got really sticky. So the, you know, we got real tight in the center after, you know, Arca ran and, and you know, the modified started putting more rubber down and it, it just seems like the car got tighter and tighter and we just kept on freeing it up. But we also had a brick issue we found, which we, st- we still really haven't figured it out, but I'm glad we found it that last night. But it, it just seemed like you had to stay on top of the track, but I'm sure the locals kind of knew what they were in for. And, and we were just caught off guard on that point of aspect. I mean, you could just walk across the track and your shoes would be just covered with rubber, <laughs> Wow, you know, all the way across. I got to ask you, Terry, you know, I think it was last year, um, most of the modifieds in our region went to the F70s, right? The slicks. Um, yeah. Big difference between, and obviously you ran on the treaded tires, D800s or whatever, uh, before in the past. Uh, big difference between those two sets of tires? You know, I they're, they're fairly similar, uh, similar. I feel like the F70 fires off, you know, when we ran CRA, we, you know, we had a 45 and I think a 50 on the right side, I think they were. And, and it, it kind of feels like that, like you had to be really aggressive on qualifying just to get a lot of heat in the tires on the F70. But, you know, the 800, I mean, if, if they feel real similar, I mean, it, it's like anything from Hoosier, you, you bolt new on and you're going to gain three tenths. But <laughs> down there, you know, we were only seeing like two tenths from a 40 lap tire to stickers. Now, and another thing I was going to ask you, you know, you had a good run. You're coming off a good run last fall uh, at the run for the gun at Winchester, brought home a third place finish. Running against guys of that caliber down there, you're kind of used to that. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, we went in Winchester, qualified 10th. You know what I'm thinking? I mean, we're starting in the back. You know, you got a lot of guys. Kyle Purvis, you know, he's the one to beat at Winchester, definitely. You know, Derek Griffin was there. And, you know, Matt Dimmitt, he's always fast down there. It's just, you know, and then you go down there, you know, you're racing against the hometown heroes down there that, you know, got a million laps around there. And that track is just line sensitive, I felt like, as far as a lot of break or you just let the car roll. I mean, it was it, – it, it, I had to adapt really well to it really fast, I felt like, just to get some laps. What was the decision to make the trip down there? Obviously, uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, or Middle Indiana, not exactly right next door to New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Uh, so what, what, what is the decision to load up? What is the decision to take the modified? I know, uh, you know, the Florida Modifieds rule book is a little bit different than our modifieds up here in the north, so some changes probably had to be made there, or it's a completely different car, depending on who you are. Um, just kind of take me through that process of deciding, you know what, we're going to go down there and tackle the World Series. Uh, you know, we just, right after Winchester, you know, I'd say probably two to three weeks after that, we just started joking around, and, like, we actually borrowed a, a Krieger motor off of Rick Reinhardt, from Angola and for the Winchester race and, you know, Winchester, we finished third and all that, you know, felt like we had a pretty strong running there. And it was like two or three weeks. We started joking around. We're like, you know, we should just go world series one time. And I I started, you know, looking for sponsors and like within five days, I already had like two or three sponsors right there. And we just kept on searching and searching, you know, when we actually, you know, the, the sponsor is what really helped us out the most at, cover the trip i mean the tires down there i think were 680 bucks a set so i mean they went up quite a bit i I don't know if it's just for that event or if that's normal down there but you know we started just joking around and then you know i I got friends and stuff that helped me on the car and stuff that you know once we got it all planned out they could take time off of work 
and we had an awesome crew down there that, you know, we gave it 110%, you know, every night just going for wins, you know, not even worrying about the championship and, you know, everything just fell in place. Now, you, you say, and I find this funny too, we were joking around and then all of a sudden somebody said, it ain't no joke, we're going. Um, and so now you've gone, you've had success and you say, well, we should go down there and do it one time. I know it's Monday, you just got back, but are you thinking maybe this is maybe this is something we don't just do once? Maybe we go down there and see if we can clean house a couple of times, or are you the type that can do a one and done and, and uh, not go back? Yeah, I mean, you always want to say, like, you can just do stuff one and done, but I think even with the results we had, that every person on the crew was like, you know what, we could go racing – next week and do it all over again. I mean, it, it was just that fun of time just with the guys that we brought with the crew. And I mean, I mean, just our results. I mean, we didn't get tore up one night, which was a huge success in its own. And then the results we had, it was just, you know, you, you always just want more, you know, and it's got to set the tone too. I mean, uh, you know, coming off of that, you probably quite literally do want to just go, you know, start the season. Let's get into another race because, man, we're on fire right now. And that that trend, that uh, that momentum, big deal. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, because definitely we're looking like I think our first race in a modified probably going to be Toledo with Midwest, and I, I don't think that's till May. But I mean, I think we're going to hit you know Springport again, you know. Donnie Ritter up there, we went up there three or four times, and, I mean, he's just a hell of a guy. And, and it, it's fun to run up in Michigan. I mean, you're running against the best – I'd say your best modifies are up in Michigan. I mean, that, that's your toughest guys you're going to run against. And, and Springport's fun track. I mean, it is two hours from, you know, where our shop is. But, you know, every time we go up, it's just Donnie's a hell of a guy. And just, you know, the hospitality up there is, is awesome. And, Terry, you know – you know, kind of talk about people are wondering, hey, you just, why is it so hard? You drive down to a racetrack, you hang out down there for seven days, maybe have a day off um, and, and, and race the rest of the time. But but I think it's what what, uh, what was the telltale sign was you guys had a pretty full field at the beginning. Um, and at the end, uh, it was kind of thin, thinning out a little bit for you guys. That's how tough it is to go for a week straight. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, we had, you know, Tank Tucker, I think he won, you know, the first two nights, you know, and Tank was the, the guy to beat down there the first two nights. And, you know, we, we talked to him the next day and he actually broke the motor. I think the third night he broke the motor. And then the second night, you know, there was a lot of cars that came in, you know, doubled hooked and stuff like that. So, I mean, the field definitely thinned out until I think we had the 50 lap. On, I don't, my days are definitely running together right now, but, <laughs> you know, the 50 lapper, you know, I think I don't. I think we only started like ten on that race too. So I mean, it, it, it kind of sucked, but you know, it, it seemed like a lot of cars got tore up in that second race that you know didn't didn't ever come back. And I noticed Tim Moore, who picked up a win um, at Speed Fest, he went out early in the week. Yeah, yeah, Tim Moore. I think he went out. I think it was that second night he actually crashed that, and then he came back with the car he actually had at Cordell, Georgia which would have been the black 57 car he came back with. And then I don't know if he had problems with that one, but I think he loaded up and didn't even finish the rest of the week. But like, even with our weeks off, you know, we went to Volusia on Tuesday, I believe it was, you know, we watched some dirt racing. And then Thursday we actually caught the truck race. So like me and the guys, we just, you know, went down there for racing and that, you know, that's all we did all week. 
Now, Terry, do you <clears throat> do you own and operate your own stuff? Uh, yeah, actually, my dad dad owns and operate, but we also have Fisher Fabrication, which we build pretty much race cars. We got a couple street stocks in there now, and then actually, our modified is a home built chassis that we built. Oh, and there's uh there's only there's only three of them out right now. Wow, and it's pretty pretty much local area. So okay, the yeah, reason I mean we're pretty proud that it, it was our own home built chassis. And the reason I ask that is, uh, you know, this is one thing that we don't necessarily get a chance to look inside of a lot, but. I mean, for a for a you know home built team, a cell phone team, you know you're doing this. You got a family. You got all this, uh, Terry. I mean, what what do you got to set aside to do the World Series? I mean, what are we talking about here? Uh, I mean, will ten thousand dollars get you through a World Series week? I mean, I don't know. Is that too high? Too low? Where are we at? What what did you have to plan to go down there for seven straight days? It was pretty much about ten grand. Was pretty much the number. I mean. That was just Tires a guess, too. Was, <laughs> oh, no. No, you, I mean, you were you nailed it right on the money. I mean, tires, I think I think our tire bill every week was, for the whole season, was like 4700 Wow. For the whole World Series. So, I mean, 680 a set. I mean, that's not, Jeez, you know, so I think we were paying 525 last last year. Wow. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. And, and I also want to ask you this, too, because a lot of guys listening to this program right now, as you mentioned, are going to be from Michigan and uh, they maybe haven't had a set uh, a chance to run on a set of Hoosiers right now. Last year, we were seeing some some issues or some inconsistencies with the Hoosier tire because of shortages and everything. They were just pumping them out as quick as they could. They didn't have a time a lot of time to uh, you know season, if you will. How were the how was the consistency of the tires down there? I mean, actually, the consistency of the tire was actually really good. I mean, we'd only pick up two tenths from like fifty lap tires. And, you know, I almost wouldn't have been afraid to run another, you know, if we had, we had a 24 five lap show and we almost didn't put new tires on, but you know, the sponsorship covered the tires. So we weren't going to second guess anything, <laughs> but I, I think we could have ran, you know, an- another night on a set of tires that we needed or just put right side. Wow. Okay. Very good. Well, uh, Terry, I got one other thing I want to talk to you about, and that is your multi-car stable. Uh, obviously you have a history with, uh, CRA and and you know they are very much a stock car division. Uh, you've got a history with their Super Series. You've made a couple of points runs, uh, getting as high as uh, third in points a couple of times with them in the Super Series. And then of course, late model sportsman now is kind of where you dabble with. Uh, you know, looks like maybe one season running for points with them, maybe two. Talk to me about your stock car career. Uh, you know, and and what it is about that that it looks like you're pretty darn good at it too. So tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd call it good. I mean, I think well, I, had I mean, one I'm super series win. I'm looking yeah. at I'm looking at th- <laughs> but, I'm looking at 13 late model sportsman wins. You know, and yeah, yeah I, I yeah. mean, you're right. One super series win back in 2011. Right. But how many people have run with the super series and have wished that they could get to victory lane? You know. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was definitely. You know, I think I've only ran two years of street stocks and then one year of sportsman. We jumped right in the super series, and you know, I was definitely over my head on something something like that then you know we got to like second and third year in and we started getting comfortable and then we actually had junior hanley help us out which i think we bought a car off of him in 2008 around there and then that's when we started like you know being competitive but i feel like super series take you got to be competitive if you run every week you can't just run like three or four shows a year you kind of lose it just seems like you got to run consistent 
on all the shows. But I mean, sportsman cars, we we still run that 2008 Junior Hanley car. Really? And I mean, it's 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 exactly the same way when Junior built it as it you know is today. What is it? And, and and maybe that's the answer to the question is why you settled in late model sportsmen. And I've always wondered this. They are so darn close to a pro late model. <clears throat> uh, really, you got to study them and and look at the rule books to even see what the difference is between a late model sportsman and a and a crate car. Uh, why why did that become the home for stock car racing for you? You know, it just I, I think you know last season we ran the Super Series. I think we had it, it was like twenty thousand dollars and tire for tires just for the whole year. And it, it just started becoming almost too much expense to do. And that's between and like practice kind of, laps and practice days and qualifying oh yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah, right, right. I mean, to be competitive, I think every other race you had a set of practice tires. So, you know, you bolt two sets of tires on every other week. And it, it just, the, the money started getting tight because, I mean, you know, all, all me and my dad do for a living is actually construction workers. So, and the Fisher Fab is just kind of a side job that we do for a few people around here. And, you know, it just, it, it was the money, the decision to step back and just kind of go race within our budget was, I felt smarter than just, you know, going through the Super Series and just trying to, you know, I guess not go full at it where you know that you don't have a chance every time you show up. So, I mean, that, that, that just money just kind of came to the option. Really, well, Terry, I'll tell you, man, it was um, it was great watching you all week. You put on a heck of a show, uh, but I, you know, you said this thing, ten thousand dollars. This is your chance, man, to to kind of call out all the people, uh, either on your crew that helped you out, uh, and the names on the side of that car that got you there and back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the crew guys that would be Jake Hinton. You know, he actually bought my old super late. I mean, Jake. Jake, hell of a worker, and I mean, we we all bust their ass. Jake Hinton, uh, Josh Timmerman, Roy Barculio, Brent, or my mom and dad definitely, Brent Martin, uh, Keith Hinton. You know, all these guys helped us all week, all the way through the week. And then sponsorship would be LCK Trucking, Precision Vehicle Logic, Summit Sweeping and Service, ATR Performance, Rocket Fabrication and Suspension, Pickwell Auto and Truck Reports, Street Big Construction, King John Services. Group 5 Graphics, McBride Welding and Service, Krieger Racing Engines, Reinhardt Trucking, and Cornwall Tools. I mean, without them, we we definitely wouldn't have went, but, you know, we just started getting so much support, and, you know, and, and we would pretty much just make the decision, and just the sponsors started rolling in, and it just, you know, became a dream pretty much. So you mentioned uh, that you will probably make a return to Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway this year, and uh, you also spoke on the competitiveness of Michigan Modifieds. What does the 2022 schedule look like? Obviously, you uh, mix in that late model sportsman here and there. You got the modified. What's the plan for this year? Uh, I mean, really the plan for this year, I think we're going to just kind of focus on the modified more than anything. You know, sportsman, we might bring out two or three races, but I kind of want to focus on that modified and getting you know, getting it better up at Springport, you know, we struggled up there, you know, didn't make the hot shoot last year, but, you know, we, we made a lot of gains on it this week and tried some new stuff with it. But, you know, I, I think I ran Spartan once last year. That's first time I ever seen, which is Corrigan oil. Right. And first time I ever seen that, which is Tom, Tom Hernley, you know, I raced against him super series. I think it was 2006 around there. And, you know, Tom's a hell of a guy and Tracy, you know, they actually have a very nice facility up there. what do you think you know, of that? Friday night. 
What's that? I say, what'd you think of that little bull ring? <laughs> that is definitely not what it looks like on TV. I know that. <laughs> I mean, I made a couple laps and I drove it off into three real deep. And I'm like, yeah, you got to you slow the car down a lot going into three. I mean, it, it but you know, once I figured it out, it, it was a fun track to run, you know. And Rich and I have both so, run there. And, and, and I think anybody will tell you the turn four wall will sneak up on you in a hurry, too, if you're not paying attention. Oh, oh, definitely. I think I figured out the first lap, you know, I, you know, I just started rolling in the throttle real nice and hard and also like turn four wall jumped out and I had to roll out of the throttle before I hit it. And I'm like, you know, it's definitely a little different track, but I kind of like the tracks that are screwed up or, you know, (laughs) it takes a while to get used to. So yeah. Yeah. Terry, first track I ever to ever went to in my life where you could not take enough wedge out of the car to get through three and four. (laughs) Oh, exactly. I mean, I was, cranking so much rear brake into it you know and i was just trying to drag the brake into three and and i, I don't even know if i had the right line yet or not but i mean you know i had a blast even on that track it was it, it was a fun track i actually liked it well terry man uh, we appreciate you making some time to join us hearing that tells me we're going to make some time to see you sometime this summer uh rich or i or both will uh, come over shake your hand and say hey uh and uh, i think the fans would like to do that too and uh, terry Nice job down at New Smyrna, man. Congratulations on three race wins, seven top fives, and a World Series championship in the modified division. Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Great interview with uh, with Terry Fisher Jr. there. And, uh, man, that just gives you an idea. When he speaks so highly about those Michigan modified guys, you know that we're, we got a gift here in the States, and, and I've said it for years, template late models – modifieds that's where it's at for me on the pavement and and i'm telling you what we do have a great crop of modified drivers here well what we have three out of the last four years the modified champion came from our region right yeah uh right travis eddy twice and uh and then and then now uh now terry fisher jr um yeah i, th- I think it's i think it's great that our guys can go down south down there against and and we've seen those modifieds of mayhem run um you know they've run joint events at speed fest uh i've seen them run down at montgomery motor speedway i've seen them run at new smyrna um they are tough fields to race against and that just shows you uh really what terry fisher jr did a uh, great job by him upcoming calendar again uh, sprints on ice with the great lake super sprints exhibition event this saturday at east bay of houghton lake uh that is a green flag at 11 a.m they are going to run a uh, full schedule, uh, you know, just try to shake some things down with an exhibition race as they continue to grow that Sprints on Ice brand here in Michigan. And so uh, the exhibition race is going to be a real race as they expand uh, this to to us, the fans, as something new as they try to create a buzz. So uh, looking forward to that. I don't necessarily have an entry list or anybody, um, but, uh, you know, th- there are some guys that were interested in it. Last year they had Phil Gressman go up there and uh, Dustin Daggett went up there and did some testing and I think they got some other guys too that are interested in that so I think we'll see a couple of cars and uh, some good racing and then I want to have you mark your calendars for March 19th it's the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Bowling Tournament presented by Northside Towing March 19th at Royal Scott Golf and Bowl and of course uh, our, our great friend and contributor Chuck Darling is behind that so I uh, would love to see you out there. We had a great time there last year and uh, went up there and supported everybody. Yeah, and uh, I got my I got the award. I, I put a challenge out to somebody. I got the award last year for the furthest travel distance. I live by Detroit Metro Airport. 
I'm challenging some some of our fans. Sign up and beat me. Come from further than I am. What's your mileage? Do you know? Oh, what was it? I, I think it was 67 miles. Okay, something like that is and what I, it was. I, I it think, wasn't that bad. And I think I was just below you on mileage too, if I remember correctly. It was like a, it 10 was miles or something. I was like, oh man, come on now. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. March 19th. Hopefully, you can get out there and uh, and take that one in. I'm going to have to dust off the bowling shoes uh, here coming up pretty soon. By the way, uh, they will be rolling for Racing for Miracles this year. So uh, a, a great a great organization for them to support. So if you would like more information. Or if you're interested in donating to the tournament, you can reach out to Chuck Darling at mstrcceo88 at gmail.com. Uh, or, of course, you can reach out to Bill Barnhart. And uh, that's, of course, president at michiganautoracingfanclub.org, which is not what it is. It's president at marfc.org. So there you go. Uh, that's going to do it for a fantastic show tonight. want to say thanks again to Gary Lindahl. Um, spent five days in the hospital and said, yeah, I'm doing Gary, did you know? Okay, Gary, we're just making sure, okay? My Lord. Uh, so appreciate him making time for that. want to say thanks to uh, Dylan Stovall, Terry Fisher Jr. for uh, joining us on the show tonight. Again, caps off to Rich France, who's been carrying horsepower happenings this last week. I uh, want to say really thanks to him, my co-host, and to Scott Menlin, who pays the bills. And, of course, last be but certainly not least, I want to say thanks to you, the fans, for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.